Hi guys, welcome to Unsolved Australia Minisodes. Thank you for joining me in my endeavour to bring awareness to people who are missing and cases that haven't yet been solved. This is something I am very passionate about and I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to have a friend or family member disappear without closure. Thank you so much to everyone who has been tuning in to both my mini-sodes and the weekly True Crime Sister episodes. The feedback we've been getting has been so positive and encouraging and we're completely overwhelmed. Don't forget to follow us on social media to stay updated on all our new episodes. You can find all our links in the description. Like in many countries, in Australia, there are some cases which are reported on in the media far less than others. This may well be explained by something social scientists call missing white woman syndrome. This basically refers to the overrepresentation of missing white young middle class women or girls in the media and the lack of information about missing people from other demographics. Sociologist Zach Summers of Northwestern University in the US reported in a study that although white women make up only a third of the American population, half of the articles in his data set about missing people were about white females. We see similar trends here in Australia, with Indigenous missing people receiving far less media attention than missing white women or children. Today's case is not a case that is well known or hasn't spent much time in the media at all, but that doesn't make it any less important. Cheryl Adler was 41 years old when she was last seen. It is thought that she was seen by two of her neighbours who lived near her Cranebrook address in New South Wales. Although the neighbours are unsure of the exact dates they last saw Cheryl, both have come to the conclusion that it was between the 5th and the 25th of December 2012. And this date range is what is provided in the coroner's report. One of the neighbours, Helen Wickings, described seeing her in early December after Cheryl had been involved in a violent altercation with her partner, Dennis French, who had allegedly stabbed her in the mouth with a fork. The other neighbour, Kelly Nixon, recalls seeing Cheryl with her partner Dennis on the side of the road waiting at the bus stop. Cheryl was a proud Aboriginal woman who was close to her family. She was one of four kids. At the time Cheryl disappeared, she was living with her partner, Dennis French, but prior to that had been staying with her sister Tracy in South Penrith. Tracy was the one who eventually reported Cheryl missing in June 2013. This time delay is due to the fact that Cheryl was known to be a bit of a wanderer and it was not unusual for her to go away for a while and then come back again. But it was unusual that she had not made any calls to her family members in that six months. They wouldn't go that long without contact. Her mother Irene described her as the type of girl that just wandered all the time and we never got to see that often, but when we saw her we were all close together with her as a family. Before Cheryl had lived with her sister Tracy, she had resided with her long-term stable partner Elwood Clark, who she had been with for 18 years. Unfortunately, he passed away from a terminal illness in 2010. She had one stepson, Daniel, who she was known to be very close with. She was also very close with his children, her step-grandchildren. Her family state that although she was a wanderer, she always let her family know where she was. She was a very social person. Cheryl's relationship with Dennis French was described as violent and there were multiple witnesses to the abuse that Cheryl suffered. As well as seeing the aftermath of the fork injury to Cheryl's mouth, neighbour Kelly Nixon also saw Dennis punch Cheryl in the face and hit her with a stick about a month prior to her disappearance. At one stage, the niece of Dennis French and her partner were residing with her uncle and Cheryl Adler 
and they witnessed disturbing violence being perpetrated against Cheryl. Following the police's involvement in the disappearance of Cheryl, Dennis French denied ever being violent towards Cheryl. Police conducted luminol tests on Dennis French's car and they came up negative. For those that don't know what luminol is, it's a chemical that can be used to detect very small amounts of blood at a crime scene by reacting to the iron in the blood. The police also executed a search warrant at the property that Cheryl was sharing with Dennis and luminol was also used in the search of the house. Again, the result of the test was negative. Despite this, Dennis French remains a person of interest in the case, especially because the last known sighting of Cheryl was most likely of her standing at the bus stop with Dennis. To this day, we don't know where they were going or if Cheryl ever came back. Another person also became potentially important to the case of Cheryl Adler. After Cheryl went missing, her niece, Kayla Shaw, was at Central Railway Station in Sydney when she ran into a man named Neil Mumbler. Kayla provided evidence to police that Neil told her that he had a cousin who had killed her aunt Cheryl. When called to provide evidence at inquest, Neil denied having said this and also stated that if he did say this, it was because he was intoxicated. Kayla was, however, sure that he was not intoxicated. Neil didn't tell Kayla who his cousin was or any specific information about the murder. According to reports, Neil Mumbler had a solid knowledge of the Adler family and was also an acquaintance of Cheryl's abusive partner, Dennis. In an interesting twist, Neil gave evidence that his ex-wife was actually a cousin of Dennis French. Was Dennis the primary person of interest, the cousin that Neil was speaking of? Throughout the inquest, Neil continued to deny knowledge of Cheryl's death, but it is noted in the coroner's report that his evidence at inquest was different to the evidence he gave to police in interview, where he denied knowing Dennis French. There has been no financial activity on any of Cheryl's accounts or collection of her welfare payments since the 29th of November 2012. This was out of character for Cheryl as she had collected her welfare payments without fail since November 2011. This was her primary form of income at the time. Police report that this lack of financial activity or anyone hearing from Cheryl meant that there was no information to suggest that Cheryl was still alive. On the 19th of August 2016, the coroner declared Cheryl dead with the manner of death most likely being killed by a person or persons unknown and referred her case to the unsolved homicide squad. There is currently a $100,000 reward for information about what happened to Cheryl that leads to an arrest. Her mother holds hope that maybe someone in the community knows something that would provide more information about the whereabouts of her daughter. Cheryl is described as being of Aboriginal descent, 159 centimetres tall, with a slim build. She has dark hair and brown eyes. Do you have any information about the disappearance of Cheryl Adler? If you hold any information that may assist police with their inquiries or bring some closure to Cheryl's family about what happened to her, I urge you to call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 That's 1-800-333-000. Thank you for listening to today's mini-sode. My heart goes out to Cheryl's family. I hope they soon have some answers to what happened to their beloved Cheryl. Thank you.